Hey, Camp Kids. Welcome back to the Camp Kids Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Bob, and I'm on a mission to bring together a community of camp people from all around the world. Whether you are currently in your camp experience or it's been a while since you've been at camp, when you're with us, you're at home. In this week's episode, we meet my friend P-Jack, who I met while I was camping at Camp Robbinswald this last summer. P-Jack has been a lifelong Girl Scout growing up in Utah and then found Robbinswald when looking for new camps to attend when her family moved to Washington. P-Jack is the waterfront director at camp and has used her camp experience to become a well-versed lifeguard in and outside of camp. So without further ado, let's hear it from P-Jack. P-Jack, welcome to the Camp Kids Podcast. We're so excited to have you here with us to share your camp experience. Tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're speaking to us from today. All right. My name is Brittany Harris, and in the camp world, I go by P-Jack. I am very involved in Girl Scouts in my area. I'm speaking from Centralia, Washington. So I am a Daisy Girl Scout leader. I also go to camp every summer, and I'm also very big into lifeguarding. I have a very big background of lifeguarding in the real world and in the camp world, and that's what I do outside of camp. That's so cool. For those of us who aren't familiar with the state of Washington, where is Centralia, Washington? So Centralia, Washington is like halfway between... Seattle and Portland, Oregon. It's about two hours from Seattle. Like it's a really small town, but it's still pretty close to like the bigger cities. Okay. So are you like in Southern or South of Seattle then that way? Yes. Yes. I'm South from Seattle. Very cool. Very cool. Well, tell us a little bit about your background experience as a camper. Where did you go to camp with what organization and for how long? So I go to camp with Girl Scouts of Western Washington, and it's actually a quite funny story how I got involved in camps. I moved here about 10 years ago from Utah, and camp in Utah is not big, so I was super excited to get the opportunity to go to camp when I moved to Washington. And I was supposed to go to one a different camp, then I ended up going to Robbinswald, but the camp I was originally supposed to go to, my session ended up getting canceled because there wasn't enough scouts signed up for it. And I was super, super upset about it. And like my mom was on the phone with the camp, the lady like that takes care of camp. And they're like, oh, but we can switch her over to Robbinswald. Like, no problem. And I was so mad. I was like, no, I'm not going. Like that place sounds so stupid. I'm not going there. But my mom um, had me go anyways. And I was the worst camper my first year. I was so mean to my counselors, did not want to be there. Let everybody know I didn't want to be there. And then I ended up going back every summer since then. So, <laughs> yeah, it's funny looking back at it. I'm really glad that I had my mom send me there anyways, because it, it's an amazing place to go. So you were all mad and then low-key like, this place is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I couldn't tell anybody it was awesome because I was mad to be there. Oh, my goodness. What did you love about Robbinswald as a camper? Oh gosh, everything. I loved being right on the water. I loved having the mountains in our backyard. I loved the environment, how kind and accepting everybody is there and all the different backgrounds of people I got to meet and meeting international camp counselors from all over the world and still having like relationships with them to this day and having their amazing leadership program that helped me have those building blocks to be able to become the waterfront director last summer. And it's just it's just an amazing place to be. I love that. So then you're saying that you got your CIT and your internship all done at Robbinswald as well? Yes. 
Very cool. Tell us a little bit about that. Were you able to specialize in water at that point or were you just kind of focused on the overall experience? So for CIT, we did a lot of leadership workshops of like how to be a counselor to see if it's, you know, is this something we still want to pursue? So it was a lot of like camper management and learning how to do schedules and all that. And then the last full week of being a CIT, you get to do an intern week. And at that point, we do not do any specialties. We do it in unit with the kids. And then when you come back as an intern, Robinswald's requirement is at least three weeks. So you do one week in the dish pit helping wash dishes, one week in unit, and then you can do one week as in a specialty spot. And I I was already doing lifeguarding outside of camp and I really loved it. So I did my specialty week in waterfront and I just fell in love with it. I just loved everything about it. I love that I could be on the water every day, all day long. I also love that like, I wasn't necessarily assigned to kids all day. Like I could give them back at the end of the day. I didn't have to, you know, stay with the same kids. I got an opportunity to really interact with each and every kid in a different way, rather than just the same group of kids all week. I got to, you know, be that person to be there for them. If they were scared to get in the water, I got to be able to help them to get over those fears and see their face light up when they realize that, you know, yes, the water is scary, but, you know, people are here for me. They're going to keep me safe. And I I just loved all of it. Yeah, I and I could see that love even seep through the summer when I had an opportunity to meet you and see you in your element out on the water. You mentioned that you're a lifeguard outside of camp and you said that that started in your internship. What have you been doing lifeguarding outside of camp as well? So I work at the Great Wolf Lodge, which is a very large indoor water park. And I've worked there off and on since 2019 in the aquatics department as a lifeguard. I've been a lead guard which there, which is a leadership program they do for lifeguards to get more leadership skills if they're interested in being a supervisor. Right now, I just recently went back there. I took about a year and a half off and I just went back in October and now I'm getting those building blocks to hopefully become a supervisor in the near future. I love working there. I love being able to help people. I love, I just love all of it. That's awesome. I love that you kind of use them both great wolf and camp to kind of help each other build your waterfront skills and build your leadership skills as well. That's really awesome. Have you only ever been a lifeguard at camp or have you had other positions working on staff? I have only officially had lifeguard positions. So in 2022, I was a waterfront specialist, but we did have an issue with being short staff. So I frequently was put in place as a unit counselor. So I did both all summer. And then this summer, I was strictly the waterfront director. So I, I have experience with both, but mostly just waterfront. Okay, very cool. What was it like stepping into the role of waterfront director this last summer coming from being a being a waterfront specialist, I think definitely helped because our previous waterfront director knew that I was interested in that position. So they helped me kind of get a look into what it was and gave me some of those responsibilities of like, okay, like if this is what you're doing next year, this is what's expected. This is how you do it. But actually being the one who's, you know, labeled the waterfront director, like I'm in charge of my lifeguard's expectations and like rules of the waterfront and making sure everything is ran smoothly and safely. Like it was a lot, but it was easy, but hard at the same time, because I knew that I had 
great support if I needed it. I could go to my, you know, camp director if I needed help with something. I had other waterfront staff to rely on. It wasn't just me by myself, which really helped, but it definitely did help being a waterfront specialist and then going to the waterfront director to be able to get like those building blocks so there wasn't any missing pieces. Absolutely. Now, how many lifeguards did you all have this last summer? Oh, gosh, we started out, I want to say with maybe 10. And then by the end of the summer, somehow we had like 15 or 16 because we had more staff come from Texas, which is like the most Robinswald has ever had in a very long time. But we try to at least have one lifeguard in each unit so that if like I can then rely on those other lifeguards, like to lifeguard for their unit if I need to go take a break or if I'm doing helping with a water trip or if they're going to our upper property at Lake Armstrong, they can swim up there. Or if they're going to a hike at Primitive Point, they can go snorkeling out there. Yeah, I was about to say, I remember when we did Rock to Dock and there was just every, all the lifeguards were on the boat. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many lifeguards at this camp. I yes. love it. Yeah, we yeah. had a lot this summer. That really is nice because then you're able to be flexible with your schedule, as you said. And oh my gosh, that's just absolutely incredible. So tell us a little bit about the training experience out at Robin's Wall to become a lifeguard. Because I know that like I'm like a pool lifeguard. I'm mm-hmm. I'm certified to be able to work at like pools and everything, but not everybody listening may know that there's a difference when you're when you're like in moving water. <laughs> yeah. So with the waterfront lifeguard, you have to get, we go through Red Cross and we have to get a cert- certification called open water lifeguard and uh, waterfront lifeguard. So it goes more into depth of like rescues of how to do them in water that you can't touch the bottom or in water that has a current. And it teaches you more of those rather than like still water that you can see the bottom of it. So the training is very intense. We do if I'm not mistaking, a 500-yard swim, and then we do a lot of different, like, there's one where we have to dive down to the bottom. You have to go about 12 feet, pick up a brick, and then swim it on your back. This is me being a lifeguard and being very curious, since you have two different types of certifications. <laughs> What's the biggest differences between the two certifications that you would say? Oh, gosh. Uh, the biggest difference I would say is how like in Red Cross I feel like we don't get a lot of training on once you pull them out of the water what to do with them and with Ellison Associates we go very into depth of like CPR and first aid and once EMS arrives like what we can do instead of just like stopping at that point since and I agree it's like you pull them out of the water if they don't need CPR or anything then it's just like you just wait (laughs) yeah so yeah that would definitely be very helpful and really cool that they go into that and I'm assuming both of those, you can take things from one that are incorporated into the other and be able to, I mean, it just rounds you out as more of a aquatics personnel, really. Absolutely. I'm curious to know, though, back coming back to camp a little bit, what was the hardest part of being a waterfront director? I think this summer, the hardest part was personally for myself of knowing when it is okay to ask people for help. I notice myself getting very overwhelmed quite frequently and not using the people around me as often as I should have. And once I realized that and applied that, it made things so much easier because it is a big job. It's, 
I'm in charge of my lifeguards and my two specific waterfront staff and scheduling multiple units for multiple things a day and just having people there to help me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it seemed like at least when I was there, you had had it down pat, or at least you, you came off as very confident and very controlled in the waterfront environment. So at least from my perspective, I saw you did a very good job of handling it. Thank you. So, well, I would love to know what is the story behind your camp name? <laughs> All right. So how PJAC became, it's a great story. So many, many years ago when I was like 16 or 17, my Girl Scout troop and I were going to an event called Hands Across the Border, which is, it's right, it's in a city called Blaine, Washington, which is right where the Canadian border is. And they do like this huge like swap fest and you get to meet scouts from Canada and from all over Washington. And I had got, I had just received my silver award and I got invited to a silver and gold award gala in Seattle. So my grandma lives, who lives in Utah, flew in to come to this gala with my mom and I. It was a very formal event. It was at the Museum of Flight. So everybody's in very formal clothing. I go in, receive my award, meet some great people. And then the event got over at about 11 p.m. And I was very hungry and there was not like many fast foods open. So we went into Safeway and the only thing that I wanted to eat was a block of pepper jack cheese. So I got one, we drove back to Blaine, put it in the fridge. And then the next morning at the Hands Across the Border event, I was just eating my block of cheese all day. And then one of my Girl Scout leaders just started calling me P-Jack and it, it just stuck. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because like it really has nothing to do with camp. Like a lot of people get their camp names from camp and mine has nothing to do with camp. But it also, it speaks to the tradition of there's a there's a big tradition in the Girl Scouts for just names in general. So I love that you got yours from your troop leader. That is really super, super special. And then you're yes. when you came to camp, you're just like, well, I already got a name. It's me. Yep. <laughs> and it's the funniest thing is I don't even really like pepper jack cheese anymore. So people are like, oh, you should change your camp name. I'm like, I, I can't. Like all my sweatshirts, all my camp T-shirts, they all have P-Jack on. Like I, it's like an identity change. I cannot do that. I totally get you. I totally understand that. Well, what keeps you coming back to camp summer after summer? Two big things that keep me coming back is the family at camp that you meet. You meet amazing people with such big, open, welcoming arms. We don't care about your background. We don't care who you are. We just, we love everybody for who they are. And also like helping those kids make their dreams come true and seeing their faces light up when you tell them that they can do something that they might not be allowed to do at home. It's just, it's amazing. Absolutely. Especially at Robinswald. There's just so many things out there you, you can't do in most parts of the world. Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, who were some people from your camp experience that have inspired you and how have they done that? I would definitely say Haley Peel or also known as nerd. They are the current camp director at Robinswald. They are just the most amazing person I've ever met. They are so kind, so welcoming, so understanding. And they just really make me want to come back to camp every single summer. And then another person, their name, their camp name is Merlin. They don't come to camp anymore. They have real world stuff now. And they were the previous waterfront director. And they really just like helped me understand that like, there's so much more to camp than just like 
being a unit counselor because I for a little bit kind of felt like I wasn't good enough to be a waterfront specialist which is absolutely insane to even think that but they were really good about sitting down and talking with me they're like if this is something you want like just go for it you know the worst that you know nerds gonna say is you know we don't feel this is a good fit for you but they'll help you find something else that is and go through the training and ask questions and like get familiar with it which really helped because I was not a big boat person and now I know almost everything there is to know about boats (laughs) absolutely I mean gosh can you imagine if um you had quit or decided uh waterfront wasn't for you and gone in a different direction I mean that would have changed the entire outcome of this last summer absolutely gosh speaking of boating I would love for you to share with our listeners all the different types of boating that you all offer at Robinswald so at Robinswald, we offer canoeing, sea kayaking, kiwi kayaking, which are smaller versions of sea kayaks. And instead of being made out of fiberglass, they're made out of plastic. And they're a lot easier for the little ones to be able to steer. We do have paddle boards and sailboats. And we have one rowboat, but it does not get used very often. Oh, cool. Yeah, I didn't even know you had a rowboat. (laughs) Yeah, it's very dusty. Nice. And then, of course, you have the big motorboat, too. (laughs) But that's for waterfront stuff. (laughs) Yes, cannot forget about Sounder. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, the biggest thing that I tried to get through my head was the difference between kiwi kayaking and sea kayaking. What might be an advantage of sea kayaking over just like your regular streams and lakes? regular kayaking so sea kayaking they are more geared the ones we have are more geared for trips for long distances so ours they're very lightweight so that when you add your gear to it it's not like a big heavy boat plus more heavy gear they are very roomy with the leg space they have adjustable uh, foot pedals for your feet to rest on they have nice comfy like chairs to sit in they have big storage bins they are very easy to balance on the water so they are amazing they're so comfortable they're so easy to handle in the water I love them okay that totally makes sense have you been on a lot of trips with the sea kayaks I have not I get so busy with running the waterfront that I I think I've only been to our north beach which is very close to camp i just never have had the opportunity to go to one of our off-site properties which is crazy but i go in sounder quite often but the furthest i've gone in a sea kayak is north beach yeah maybe this next summer or some other time you'll be able to get out there and do a little excursion and that's one of the things i absolutely love about robin's world is they're like we have all these different places that we can go and we have access to them right We leave from camp and go right there. And I think that's just super cool. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, I've kind of got a big question for you. And that's what is the most important lesson that you've learned from camp? I think the most important lesson I've learned from camp is to not be so judgmental of people. Before I started coming to camp, I was a very, very judgy person. And I think camp really helped me understand that that's not needed you know we can just accept people for who they are and we don't need to point out their differences or their flaws and it really helped me just realize that people are amazing for just who they are and we don't need to 
you know, point out things that are wrong that we think are wrong with them and use that as a reason not to connect with them is definitely like one of the biggest things that I've learned going to camp. Yes, absolutely. Gosh, if you don't learn it quick, you're pretty much on your way out. I mean, camp is one of the most inclusive and accepting environments around. Absolutely. Well, on a lighter note, I would love to hear what is your funniest camp story? So when I was a CIT, I had a very small group and we caused a lot of trouble. So we were doing an all camp activity and one of the activities was playing with a greasy watermelon in the canal. So we took a giant watermelon and covered it in Crisco and just messed around with it in the water. My CIT group thought it would be a fantastic idea to then steal the watermelon from the waterfront and take it back up to Little Creek. And we named him Wallace and we carried him around everywhere we went for about a week. And then we put him in the fridge and decided that we were going to cut Wallace and eat him. So we had a funeral for Wallace. We (laughs) sang him some watermelon songs that we know at camp and made an incident report. And the incident report we made is actually used as an example for staff training of how to write an incident report. And our CIT plaque is based off of, is shaped like a watermelon to represent Wallace. And our CIT bead is a slice of watermelon. Oh my gosh. I love everything about that. (laughs) It was great. Oh, that's so unique. That's so special. This next statement I have for you is a fill in the blank statement. When I think about my camp experience, never did I think that I would blank. When I think about my camp experience, never did I think I would have friends from all over the world, from different countries and just all over the place. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned that Robbins World has previously employed international staff. So do you think that Robbins World will be doing that again in the future? Oh, yeah. It's already been approved that we are having them back next summer, which I'm so excited for. Because they, they make the camp experience so much better because they are just excited as the kids just because they've never experienced summer camp in America. They're doing all these first things with all the kids. And it, it's just amazing seeing them like heal their inner child with doing all these things for the first time. Yeah, that is very true. What are some of the different countries that you guys have had staff from in the past? We've had Scotland, Australia. Hungary, the Netherlands, France, so many. That Those are the big ones I can think of now because I'm ha- still in, in contact with people from there, but I'm sure we've had many more. Nice. That's very cool. Well, you mentioned a little bit about what keeps you busy outside of camp, but what do you do when you're not at camp? When I'm not at camp, I work at Great Wolf Lodge, and I am very, very involved in my area's Girl Scout troop, so I Like I mentioned before, I am a daisy leader, which is a kindergarten through second graders. They're amazing. I love them so much. They bring so much joy. I love that age group because they are still like learning so much about the world. And, you know, they're only five, six years old and getting to do a lot of those first experiences with them. And I also am involved in our service unit. So I do a lot of planning the parades for our Girl Scouts in the area. I also am the camp director for our spring and camporee for our service unit. So I have a committee together and we pick a theme and we 
plan the whole camp together. And then we all go camping as a big service unit together. And then I go off to camp for the summer. Wow. That's super cool. Is this the service unit that you grew up going to? No, I grew up going in Utah and the service unit I've been in for almost 10 years, but it is the most active I've been in Girl Scouts just because when I moved here, I decided that Girl Scouts was very important to me. And so I have spent the most time in the service unit and I've kind of grown up here since I was like 12 years old, but it's, it's amazing here. It's so much, so supportive. So where do you guys do your spring camp out? So we try to go to a different Girl Scouts of Western Washington camp property. So last summer or last spring, we went to a property called Camp Evergreen, which is in Longview, Washington. And that is a property that does not do overnight summer camp. It is only available for troops to go to. And then this summer we are going to Lyle McLeod, which is more of what we call primitive camping, which the, which means you can bring your own tents, but they also do have units. And that is also another camp property that is only available for troops. They do not offer staff-led overnight camps there. Very cool. Very cool. Well, best of luck and all of that, being the camp director for that. That sounds amazing and also a lot so <laughs> it, yes it is a lot it'll be it'll be so worth it though once it gets all rolling I'm sure if there was one thing that you could bring from camp into your everyday life what would it be I think I would bring the confidence I have at camp for some reason like camp just brings out a whole different side of myself and I have yet to figure out how to find that person in the real world. And I would definitely like to have that confidence and that personality in the real world instead of only having it at camp. I feel you. Absolutely. It is so easy to be confident at camp and so hard to transfer those skills out everywhere else. But I, I know that you will find your footing and it seems like you kind of already have with being involved in Girl Scouts in your area. So that's really cool. Well, if there was one thing that you could change about your camp experience, what would it be? One thing I would change about my camp experience is knowing that it is okay to set boundaries with people. I really struggle with that, and sometimes it bites me in the butt. It's one thing that I'm still definitely learning, but something that I would definitely change from the beginning is understanding that that's okay to set those boundaries and allow let people know like what is okay and what isn't okay instead of just letting things go out until it's gone too far and for too long. What is your favorite camp song? I think my favorite camp song is called the Tennessee Wiggle Walk. It is a really funny song about a chicken and it is just so silly, so funny. It has like little dance moves you do with it. And it is so fun to see like, especially the older campers just be silly and do, I love that song so much. Would you be willing to sing a little bit of it for us? Sure. I No promising it's going to sound great. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> so it goes, I'm a bow-legged chicken. I'm a knock-kneed hen. Haven't been so happy since I don't know when. I walk with a wiggle and a giggle and a squawk. Doing the Tennessee wiggle walk. It's Yay! the first verse of it. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, when I went out to Robbinsville, that was the first time I'd ever heard that song. <laughs> and my first great thought song. was, have any of you all ever been to Tennessee? 
Because Tennessee technically is a neighbor of Missouri, my home state. But it's like Tennessee is pretty far east for someone in Washington. (laughs) Yeah. Another song that I absolutely love is we call it the washing the the chickens. And I know my good friend Shrek did her interview and talked about washing the turkeys. And we do not wash turkeys in Washington. We wash chickens. (laughs) That's also a really great song. (laughs) Okay. But I have to ask, do you not have wild turkeys in Washington? I personally have never seen a wild turkey in Washington. Okay. But you have chickens. Yes. I was going to say, my aunt lives in Washington, and my aunt has chickens, so I've I've at least seen chickens in Washington. <laughs> yeah, I see chickens all the time, but never <laughs> a wild turkey. Oh, man. Yeah, turkeys are... Not to say that chickens aren't popular here, but not at least in the urban areas are chickens popular, <laughs> but you, you right. will see deer and turkey out here, that's yeah. for sure. Thank you for sharing both of those with us. My second favorite question is, what is your favorite camp meal? I think my absolutely favorite camp meal is either French toast casserole or walking tacos. Walking tacos, I'm assuming, over a campfire? Yes, absolutely. Yes, those are very, very good. I've never had French toast casserole, though. That sounds incredible. (laughs) It's really good. What is your favorite camp tradition? My favorite camp tradition we do at Robinswald would be serenading. And what that is, it's on the last full night of camp, all of the interns and whatever staff is available, we go around to each unit and we serenade the campers to sleep. And it is like there are specific songs we do and these songs we only sing during our serenading time. And they're very special, very beautiful songs. Oh, yes, I agree. So when I came to Robinswald on my very first night, it was the very last night for a lot of campers. And uh-huh. like, it's time to go serenading. Joe Bob, you're a music teacher. You should come with us. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, they're singing in parts. They're singing in rounds. This is incredible. Like it, it really is beautiful. Yes, it, it is a very, very well rehearsed thing we do. I love that. Well, I feel like I already know the answer to this next question, seeing as you're the waterfront director, but what is your favorite program area on camp? Definitely waterfront. Absolutely. (laughs) If you had to pick one activity in the waterfront that was your favorite, what would it be? I personally really love driving sounder, but that is not an activity that campers can do. So I would say my favorite activity that campers can do would be rock to dock. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I Love Rock to Dock. I wish I would have known more of what Rock to Dock was before <laughs> I did it because, like, I was like, oh my gosh, I just want to swim. <laughs> yes, it is. It's a lot. There. But it's like, oh yeah, that wouldn't be safe if we all just like went for it. Right. That's how do you guard that? You don't. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh man. I want this podcast to be going for a really long time. So I ask all of my guests, who should I interview next? I would recommend my good friend Kainoa. Her camp name is Freddie. And she last this last summer was her first year on staff. And she actually grew up going to a different Girl Scouts of Western Washington camp and then transitioned over to Robinswald. And we got her to switch over and she's always coming back to Robinswald. I'll definitely be reaching out to see if she would be interested. 
Is there anything exciting that's happening in your life that you'd like to promote to our listeners? I think the biggest thing is go to summer camp. It's not something specific, big happening in just my life, but I think that every child should be able to experience summer camp and the magic that it will bring to your life. Yes, absolutely. I 100% agree. Well, where can people find you if they want to contact you or follow you? I can be found on Instagram and my Instagram handle is Brittany underscore Harris zero two. And that is the best way to get a hold of me. I would love to answer any questions. Awesome. I will include that in the show notes so that if anybody has any questions, they can reach out to you on Instagram. Well, PJAC, it has been absolutely wonderful having you on the Camp Kids podcast. That was all the questions that I have for you. Were there any final questions, comments, or thoughts that you wanted to share while you're on the Camp Kids podcast? Are you going to come back and visit us at Robin's Wall this summer? <laughs> <laughs> I would love nothing more than to be able to do that, especially in July at some point in time. I am currently trying to get it to where my whole July is completely free. So that is the ideal is to be able to come awesome. out it in July again. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it, it's pretty magical out there. But I've been to quite a few camps. I've been to quite a few Girl Scout camps and, and that one is, it's pretty nice. <laughs> I definitely agree. I have more beads to earn too. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Absolutely. All right, P-Jack, thank you so, so, so much for your time and for sharing your experience on the Camp Kids podcast. All right, Camp Kids, that was P-Jack. Make sure to contact them if you have any questions and to check out all the links in the show notes. If you are enjoying the podcast, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Let's keep our Camp Kids community growing by spreading it to others who are also a part of the camp community. Please leave us a rating or review, preferably a five-star rating so that others can also find our podcast. Stay tuned later this week while I review another camping book for you and give you some really awesome practical takeaways about the history of camp. That's all that I have for you for now, but remember that this is good night and not goodbye.